Welcome along, either welcome along or welcome back. And uh, what you've, the incredible uh, wise choice that you've made to be here allows you to be here for week two of a new series that we launched called I Choose about making good decisions. Because this year, and in fact, actually our lives will largely, what we, what we uh, uh, achieve, what we experience, who we become, will largely be the result of the decisions we make. And so the decisions we make are incredibly important. And uh, so we're breaking out the year by teaching on some of the, of the more important decisions. Not all decisions are of the same importance, but some are critically important. And um, January 1, the committed of us were here and I taught from the story of Joshua leading the, the people of, of Israel had been in captivity, had been slaves in Egypt, and Moses had led them out of captivity through the Red Sea and into, well, ultimately, unfortunately, a place that became known as the wilderness. God had promised those people a land which was not just on the other side of the Red Sea, but ultimately on the opposite side of the Jordan River. And they hadn't yet crossed over into the promised land. And they were stuck having crossed over the Red Sea, but not yet the Jordan River in this place that we now know the, the wilderness. And my prayer and our declaration this year over 2017 is that we do not even stay in the wilderness for one minute. Those guys stay there for 40 years, just doing laps and not making the progress into the promised land. Last week, we talked about making a decision of choosing purpose over popularity. And uh, we're gonna continue this series this morning. Let me, let me just rip this one, this Band-Aid clean off and start by asking a question. I want you to be honest now. How many of you, and I, and I wanna show of hands, how many of you at, in, at least, in at least one area of your life love to be in control? Who, come on, all right, okay, that's cool, that's good. My hand's up too. Maybe it's at work. Everything has to be done a particular way, your way, at a particular schedule, your schedule. Uh, maybe, maybe you work for that person or maybe you are that person. Um, maybe in, uh, in your home, everything has to be put where you want it put, folded the way you want it folded, washed the way you want it washed, sorted the way you want it sorted, could be driving directions are the area you love to be in control. You know, back in the, in the driving Miss Daisy era of uh, transportation, about 100, 100 years ago, where the, the rich people had the vehicles and they would have a chauffeur in the front and, and they would sit in the back seat. Did you know that most vehicles back in that day had a speedometer installed in the dash in front of the rear seat. The steering wheel and the accelerator was in the front seat. The owner was in the back seat and the owner also had their own dedicated speedometer. And that's so that they could tell the driver to slow down or speed up at their whim. And that, my friends, is where we get the expression backseat driver from. It's a true story. I ride a Vespa. It doesn't have a backseat. My life is beautiful. 
some of you, it involves that little magical device that is attached to the end of your hand while you're sitting on your couch in your lounge room. And you've kind of entered a level of denial about what's really going on here. And you've, you just call it the remote because you're in denial. But the fact of the matter is it's not called the remote. It's called the remote control. And it's not the device that you love, it's the control that you love. In fact, some of you have taped on the bottom with your little dyno, dymo label maker, you call it the precious. And uh, it does not leave your orbit. Control. There's some areas in our lives that we wanna have control over and most of them, some of them aren't really that problematic, but some of them can be incredibly problematic. But actually, oftentimes the, 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 the tendency or the, the desire for us to have control is symptomatic of, of an underlying problem. And I wanna drill into that this morning. So let me get straight into the Bible here. If you open your Elevate app, Renati's referenced that earlier, you can uh, download it or just open up, tap the Bible. It's gonna take you to Proverbs and actually, interestingly, the same proverb that Renati just uh, read from. And Proverbs were, were a group of, of uh, wise sayings largely written by a guy named Solomon. And uh, I like to, most years, I like to read through them through the month of January They're to, to, to make sure or to better ensure that I get greater wisdom for the year. And there's 31 Proverbs and there's 31 days in January. So I read uh, a chapter of Proverbs a day and I've invited many of you to join me in that. And I'm encouraged uh, by how many of you have done that. And so for those of you that have done that, you would have uh, wheeled through chapter three uh, early in January, the third, duh. And, um, and this is something that you would have read. And it's an often quoted proverb. In fact, uh, so often quoted that I'm gonna try and uh, give it to you from memory. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. How'd I do? Bab? Freaking nailed it. That word submit, that word submit can also be interpreted surrender. In all your ways, in all, in all, in all your ways, surrender to God. And you know, this proverb, it makes perfect sense. And we can read it and we can say, amen. We can agree with it. We can tell other people how true it is, how great it is. But the reality, you know, and I know, is that this one is easier to agree with than it is to put into practice consistently every single day in all areas of our lives. And what tends to happen is when we don't, submit, when we don't surrender an area to God, when we take control, when we grab it and, and hold on to it and try to manipulate it and, and, and have the first word, the middle word and the last word over it, that the more control we try to have, the more we fear losing control. 
And the more we fear losing control, the more we try to get more control. And the more control we try to get, the more we fear losing control. Does this pattern look familiar to anybody that was here on January 1? Does this feel like people who are wandering around in the wilderness just trying to survive when God's called them to something better? The answer is yes. And we don't wanna be that. Not for a day, not for a year. And there's something better than trying to be in control over everything. And Solomon says, it's surrendering to God. Let me, those of you in the app, let me, let me give you a challenge in the Bible. Neil, you ready for this? It's a Bible challenge. If you navigate across to Genesis chapter 16, show me how you can do that, Neil. You know what? When the chairman of your board sits in the front row of your church, it's like, it's so cool. Until you see him sitting with his arms folded and you say, go to Genesis chapter 16 and he just says, not doing it. <laughs> Genesis chapter 16. Let me tell you a story or show you a story of control going bad. Genesis chapter 16, before we go there, you, let me tell you the backstory. The backstory is, is the two main players in Genesis chapter 16, the two characters, Abram and Sarai. And, and, and God had made Abram, who he was later to rename Abraham, made him an incredible promise. And he said to Abram that he was gonna make, that, that God, understand, God was gonna make Abram the father of many nations. And uh, time passed, in fact, when we pick up the story in a moment, we pick the story up when Abram is now approaching 100, that's 100, and Sarai is approaching 90. And so far, there ain't no pitter-patter of tiny feet rolling around in their house. And I think, and it's fair to say that we shouldn't be judging them too harshly because, you know, it's pretty old. They're both in the 90 to death category of the City to Surf Fun Run. And, um, and this is what is recorded in history as having happened. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. And so she said to Abram, hey, Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. So how about you take one for the team and go and sleep with my slave? Perhaps I, perhaps I can build a family through her. See, God had made a promise. God had said where He was gonna deliver them to. God said what their future held, but because His timing didn't match up with their expectations, Sarah decided to fire God and to give herself the responsibility to take control, perhaps, I, God's not doing His job. Perhaps I can build a family through her. This is a classic example of control gone bad. And you and I have areas in our lives where control can easily go bad. Relationships is a classic one. Single people waiting for the love of their life to magically appear and it's not happening fast enough, so they decide, well, maybe my expectations are a little high. Maybe I'll just lower them and 
over the passage of time, they keep lowering them and lowering them and lowering them until they start dating knuckleheads and, and, and convincing themselves that better to have bad love than no love at all. And that's control gone bad and it, and it, and it, it doesn't work. Parenting. Now, I don't give him parent advice. I'm not a parent. I don't give parent advice. But parenting, I've observed in our current culture is an area where control is increasingly going bad. Louisa, my wife, uh, until the end of last year where, where she uh, finished up her employment at that role, but had, had worked in a, um, a high school for about six years and uh, in the admin reception kind of area. And their high school has a, has a, a system, a, a, a barcode system where the students will all file through one area, scan in into the campus, all file out at the end, scan out. Real simple, all about security. And uh, if that student doesn't have their little swipe card, they're, they're not allowed in and they're sent home to fetch their little swipe card. It's not complicated to fetch their swipe card, return and swipe and you're in. And so Louisa and her colleagues in that part of the physical part of the school, it was their responsibility to, to, to police this, uh, you know, supervise this process. And if little Johnny forgot his swipe card, then Louisa or one of her colleagues would say, Johnny, I'm afraid we can't actually let you in. You need to call mom and you need to uh, go and pick your swipe card up and then come back. Uh, barely a week over the six years that Louisa worked at that school, barely a week went by where a parent didn't phone Louisa. Excuse me, can I speak with Louisa Pizzolant? Uh, 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 yes, uh, this is Johnny's mum. Johnny's just come home and told me that you have made him come home to pick up his swipe card that you wouldn't let him in the school campus. And listen, I need to speak to your boss. And if you don't put him on, her boss is the principal. If you don't put him right right now, not like he's busy or anything, uh, I'll be writing to him, complaining about you and the job you're doing. We call it helicopter parenting. And uh, Louisa's uh, motives and the school policy is about keeping Johnny safe. But helicopter parents don't quite understand that and they wanna keep control themselves. Money, here's an area where control can go bad. Jesus made it very clear that money, unlike anything else, has the vexing power to actually control us if we don't understand and have a healthy relationship with it. And pun intended, there's two sides to this coin. There's the spending side. The spending side of money is often where control can go bad, or should I say, out of control can go bad. And these days, courtesy of the interwebs and Amazon's fabulous one-click uh, checkout experience, online shopping, shopping, spending, Money on things is easier than ever. And we get the emails telling us that the sale's been extended. 
We get the emails about the limited time offer. And we get then when we're sitting, not thinking about shopping, but you open up your device and kaplunk, whoa, there it is. It used to be just an ad or a junk mail catalogue. Now it's everywhere. I'm gonna set a few of you free this morning by letting you know a very little known secret about Amazon. Amazon, you only think they have a checkout on their website. They actually have a thing called a wish list. Who knew that? Who wished their spouse knew that? Uh, You can put things on your wish list and not actually pay for them. And what I've observed is that many people who are in the habit of first putting things on their wish list, when they go back to review their wish list sometime later, they don't wish for it as strongly. They don't need it. They've managed to miraculously live on this planet for another three weeks without it. Spending can go bad. Giving's the other one. And I I shared last week of a season in our life where I'd lost my job and Louisa and I lived, uh, I was without employment for about a year and uh, we lived out of one suitcase each respectively for 18 months. We lived in other people's homes. And uh, 15 years prior to that experience, we'd made the decision to give our first 10% to God. And now we were living off one income, Louis' income. It was a modest income at the time. And uh, we'd made the decision to give God our first 10% 15 years prior to that. And I gotta tell you, in, in a year of not uh, me not earning a full-time wage, there were times when we could have taken control of that first 10% and, and, and brought it back into our world. And we chose not to do that because we understood that we'd surrendered 15 years before we'd submitted our financial world, our giving to God, and we were gonna trust Him for as long as it took. It wasn't ours to take back that we were gonna let God be in control. And often for for some people, the act of giving or or the reluctance to give is actually a control issue. But but the control of of the money and and the giving isn't actually the the problem, it's it's the symptom. And the problem underlying that is, is fear. Is, is not knowing that if I give something away, will I have enough till my next pay period? Will God say what He says He's gonna do and provide for us? Now, I'm not this morning talking about living out of control. They'd be like, oh, this is great. The Bible says I can live wild and free. N- n- no, <laughs> no, uh, no. Because there's a difference between surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility. So think about this morning of an area when I asked you at the beginning that you love to be in control of and, and, and the decision I wanna encourage you to make today and I'm gonna, at the end of this message, I'm gonna have those of you that wanna make this decision stand and declare that the decision you're making today is that you're gonna choose surrender over control. And for some of you, that's gonna be one very obvious area. Those of you, when I said who loves to, to be in control, some of you wanted to lift the person of the hand, hand of the person next to you. Before we get to that place, let me, let me give you some filters. And, and, and these filters, I hope, will give you a little bit of a 
give you some tools to, to understand as you walk through life with the many moving parts that we have in our lives, what, what level of involvement should we have in different areas for our life? And uh, the first filter is, is asking the question, is it worth my concern? And this, this, this is one of my life principles, personal life principles. When something comes across my radar, I, I, I ask the question, is it, is, it, is, it, is it worth my concern? Now, some of you know somebody who only ever answers yes to this question. Everything that, that comes across their radar, they ask the question, is it worth my concern? And he answers yes. And we've got a name for them. They're called busybodies. I looked up Urban Dictionary this morning, wanting a uh, current pop culture definition of a busybody. Tommy, you with me? And this is what Urban Dictionary, this is, <laughs> if you've ever read some of the definitions on Urban Dictionary, you'll know why some people are giggling right now. They are terrified. Um, will this definition of a busybody be PG? That's the question they're asking. Here's the definition of a busybody according to Urban Dictionary. And I quote, a busybody is the kind of person you just wanna punch in the mouth for being so damn annoying. They have no life and way too much time on their hands. Don't be that guy. And here's how I break it down, even just a little bit deeper of this question, is it worth my concern? Asking questions, is it any of my business? Because if it's none of my business, I'm just gonna let it go. Another sub question, is it something you can't change? Or at least in that moment or in that season? Because if it's something you can't change, let it go. If you can't change it, don't give it time and attention and energy. Or is it just simply not important enough? Isn't not worth your concern? And this is, uh, overlaps with the point that I made last week, that purpose, we talked about choosing purpose over popularity. Purpose diminishes distractions. And I talked about Nehemiah, how Nehemiah had called God to go and rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. And when he was nearly done, he was on the wall, he had his team, they were, they were getting it done. And some enemies came along and said, hey, Nehemiah, come and join us over here. And Nehemiah said to them, I'm doing a great work, I can't come down. His purpose had already answered the question before those guys even turned up. Will you wanna come down? He wasn't coming down. He had purpose. Is it worth my concern? No, I'm doing a great work. That, whatever that is, it's not worth my concern. Here's another filter that I use and recommend. Is it mine to control? And, and, and maybe this is a little bit misleading. I'm kind of just using this word control uh, as a thread. It's like a little preaching trick. Um, it might be more accurate to say, do I have some responsibility in this area? Because the answer is sometimes yes. This areas of our lives, we are meant to actually not just put on autopilot and have some level of responsibility in. If you're messed up, Financially, you have a responsibility to do something about it. 
If you have health issues, you probably shouldn't be on a first name basis with the attendant in the McDonald's drive through window. If your marriage isn't where you want it to be, you have a responsibility to work on it. Notice I said work on it, not work on them. Starting place, what can I do differently in this marriage? Not a list of what you need to do differently. Rubber band around the morning coffee. Here you go, sweetheart. Make sure you read that. Which brings me to my third filter. Is it for God alone? See, one of the most important things, married people, that you can learn if you haven't learned it already, it took me a while, is it's not your job to change your spouse. <laughs> Time for a coffee break right there. See, that's breaking news for some of you. Because some of you have been trying to change your spouse. Here's a question. How's that working for you? Don't answer that. I know the answer. Here's how it's working for you. You're trying to change your spouse and they ain't changing. And you're getting more frustrated because they ain't changing. And they're getting more frustrated because you won't shut up trying to make them change. And because they're getting more frustrated and not changing, you're getting more frustrated and, and, and trying even harder to change them. Does this pattern look familiar to anybody? And yeah, you might still be surviving. Well, how's your marriage going? Well, we're not divorced yet. Well, not getting divorced is a, is, is a, is a, is a goal, but, it, but, 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 but don't let it be your only goal in your marriage. Because there's something over here that God's promised, this blessed union. And it doesn't, you don't arrive there. You don't cross over there by trying to change your spouse. It's not your job to change your spouse. It's God's job. By the way, sometimes it's your job to change you. And that might be the game changer your relationship needs. What? Yeah, well, my spouse won't go to counselling with me. All right, well, go on your own and just find out some of the things that you can do. You can't change them, but you can, with God's help, change yourself. Stop wandering around in the wilderness. That's good advice, hey, Neil? You write that down? Good. And I'm not throwing shade because I know some of you uh, have experienced divorce and, and I have not experienced it. So I don't pretend to know what you went through. I don't pretend to know how difficult that, that was for you. And although I can, I guess, acknowledge that it, it would be difficult. Um, and and it's, it's easy to make, well, it's not easy to make light of it. I wouldn't ever dare make light of it. Um, let, me, let, me, let me tell you this though. If, if your current season of life is that you're single and whether that's because you've not uh, been married yet or you are post a marriage relationship, let me tell you, this isn't in my notes. I just really feel God wants you to hear this this morning. <laughs> Being single is not a disease. I want you to know that because our culture would suggest otherwise. Better to have Tinder and keep swiping right than being single. 
and uh, it, it may be God's plans for you to, to, to find someone and, and, and be in a relationship with them. I don't know. I'm not God. But if you're single in your current season of life, understand that you have opportunities that people in relationships don't have. <laughs> All the married people are like, tell me about it. <laughs> because, because when, if you're single, when God calls you to do something, you don't have to check in with anybody, right? You can just say yes. You don't need to compare calendars. You don't need to arrange pickups and logistics. If you're single, the time that, 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 that you may have been spending or, or would otherwise spend investing into a relationship with that other person, you can spend that same time investing into other people people that don't yet know Jesus in a way that people in a relationship don't have that level of disposable time available to them. It's not a disease. And, and I gotta tell you, I love that around here as Elevate Church, we've got married people. People be married for as long as 38 blessed years. Anyone, can anyone beat 38? Anyone beat 38? Louis and I, 19, half. That's interesting. Some of you are divorced. Some of you are single, never been married. I, I freaking love that. And I love that, 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 that there's a sense of esteem given to each stage of life around here. And I very much, very much want you to know that that's how God sees you. That, that where you are in your life right now, He is he's calling you. You have opportunity. Whatever that looks like, you have opportunity. Don't think of being single as, as being having a disease. Leprosy and singleness. Will the lepers sit over there and the single people over there? No. Okay, back to my notes. Neil, you're distracting me with your disdain. I made a 2017 resolution that I'm gonna finish on time. I got one minute at 11 seconds left. Nailing it, Neil Watson. Neil, nailing it. Two things, first thing, some of you, your question of surrender is surrendering your life to Jesus in the first place. And if you've never made the decision to submit your life to Him, to surrender your life to Jesus, to following Him, we're gonna give you that opportunity right here, right now. So for those of you that need to make that decision, in a moment I'm gonna talk about surrendering, not controlling, choosing surrender over control, but before I do that, let me just ask those of you who've never even in the beginning of your journey, surrendered to following Jesus. Just put your hand up now, I see your hand. When I see your hand, you can put it down. I'm gonna pray for you. If you've never made that decision to surrender to Jesus, just put your hand up and then you can put it down. I'm gonna pray for you. Try not to trip over stuff. Okay, last thing. Those of you that understand that there's an area or areas in your life that you need to, to choose surrender over control and you, and you know that you don't wanna spend 2017 wandering around, doing laps, trying to control things, that you need to submit to surrender your, that area or areas of your life to God and you're ready to make that decision today. How about you stand up? I'm gonna pray for you, then we're gonna finish. Stand up real quick. 
If you, if you stand up slow and I go over time, it's your fault now. Jordan, <laughs> he's sick, poor boy, and he's here. God, I thank You for the people standing this morning, that we are people as a church, we've declared this year, we do not wanna wander around in the wilderness, not for 40 days, not for 40 minutes, not for 40 seconds, but God, we are continuing to journey from, from where You've brought us from to what You're bringing us through and to what You're delivering us into, God, Your promises, Your best. And so for the people standing this morning, God, I don't know the area or areas that they acknowledge that they need to surrender to You, but they know and better still, God, You know. And so God, as, as they stand, as we stand this morning, whether it's in, in a relationship, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's job, whether it's uh, uncertainty about future, whether it's about whatever it is, God, that, that, that's on the hearts of the people standing this morning, God, we declare this is a pivotal moment in history. This is a pivotal moment in eternity that they're declaring that they're choosing Surrender over control, trusting you, not giving into fear, not giving into uncertainty, not giving into small thinking, trying to break habits, maybe, maybe having to learn some new uh, skills, some new habits, maybe having to unlearn some old habits, some old patterns, some familiar things, some control blankies that we're gonna have to let go of. Whatever it is, God, that, that we need to do, that it starts now, it starts here. It starts in this instance that we will leave this place ready, God, to make the change, ready, God, to be the change, not waiting for a move of God, but being the move of God in our city, in our family, in our workplace, with our finances, in our health, in our relationships, with our kids. All of the areas, God, surrendering to You in all of our ways, trust in the Lord, here's some hashtag goals. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways, submit to Him. And He, His job, will make your path straight in Jesus' Name. Amen.